Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. morning. It is Wednesday, November 8th, 2017, and this is the Red Sea Roundup. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. Today we'll be visiting with Joseph Hamady of the Montserrat Retreat Center in Dallas. That segment of our show will be pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take your phone calls during the interview. But of course, right now we are live and... So for our local update segment, you are welcome to give us a call at 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. I want to welcome everybody listening to us here on KEDC 88.5 FM, Hearn Bryan College Station, and our Central Texas listeners on KYAR 98.3 FM, Lorena Waco, and also our listeners in Palestine on KINF 107.9. Also, I want to greet Thaddeus, our intrepid general manager and Ooh. jack of all trades. That's a SAT word there, Deacon. Intrepid. I like that. I like being intrepid. I thought Thank that was you. a car. <laughs> that too. <laughs> Most people aren't thinking of the meaning of intrepid when they use the name of the car, though, right? Use it as that as that name. Thank you. Good morning. Hey, you said you wanted to... Uh, Use this as an opportunity to to just thank everyone again for coming out to the Brazos Valley Red Sea Benefit. It was a big success for us. Yes. Thank you, everyone who was there. Yes, it was absolutely marvelous. And uh, I don't think anybody went away disappointed at the speaker. Well, the generosity of people that night certainly indicates no one went away disappointed. So we so appreciate your generosity. And yes, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers was uh, marvelous. Yes, the word rock the house yeah. is yeah. absolutely appropriate for his presentation. Certainly, and I and I learned something. I loved his um, typology that he uh, developed between David and Goliath and the praying of the rosary and that David had his stones in his bag and his, um, his sling— and that that's just like uh, that. That's a type a type for for the rosary, and it's uh, beads on that on that rope. Love it's certainly that. something that we wouldn't come up with ourselves. That you know, this is not a connection we would naturally make. But once that connection's made, it's difficult to not think of it that yeah, way. Yeah. So. But also, I wanted to mention that uh, if you were not able to make it to the benefit dinner, and you would still like to donate to your local Catholic radio station. Make sure you visit our website and donate. Yeah, and definitely definitely do that. And also we rolled out at the Benefit Center our, our Laudate, I'm sorry, Laudate, check that, our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society, which is our way of saying thank you to those of you who are, Donate monthly to keep us on the air, uh, keep up our equipment, maintain our operating costs. It's going to uh, include 
weekly extra content from certainly round uh, Red Sea Roundup, but sometimes some of our other shows, sometimes special interviews or conversations that we have, and we want to make those available to our monthly givers. It's going to include an open house coming up sometime in 2018, um, a speakers series that you'll be invited to, and uh, some at least annual Immaculata Society meetings uh, where you can give us feedback on on the radio station, the content that we're we're putting out on the air, and uh, let us know what you think, and let us know what you want more of, what you want less of. Maybe you want less of me on the air, and that's that's perfectly fine. Um, but we want to hear from you, and we want to make you uh, a part of it. And so, all these things are are saying thank you to you putting your uh, your resources on the line each month to keep us on the air each month. And again. This radio station is your radio station. Indeed. And so we're just finding ways to say thank you for those people that make a monthly contribution to the radio station. So we have a certain amount of money that we know is going to be there every month, which really helps in the paying of the bills. Yes, indeed. And the Immaculata Society also is really about encouraging um, our paper monthly donors people who have for a long time have sent in uh, checks monthly to convert to an e-giving of some kind, either through their bank or through our own um, e-pay system. And that helps cut down on the administrative costs and the um, time that it takes to put together a newsletter, mail it out, um, all of that. And that helps make us a more efficient uh, organization and helps us keep the costs down as well. So we want to encourage you to become a monthly recurring giver giver and do it through some kind of electronic means if you if you can but anyone who is a current monthly subscriber is automatically a part of that immaculata recurring gift society and we want to thank all of you that contribute to the radio station and keep us on the air and help us provide the content that you like and please feel free to let us know if there's something that we can do that we hadn't thought of. Indeed. Uh, again, a reminder that this portion of the show is live. If there's something going on at your parish that you would like to call in, the, again, the number is 85-LOVE-RED-SEA. That's 855-683-7332. Let us know if there's something happening at your parish. Uh, right off the bat, I wanted to mention that, uh, again, there is a relic of St. Anthony of Padua, uh, available for permanent um, veneration at St. Anthony's Catholic Church here in Bryan. We actually have a part of St. Anthony in St. Anthony's Church. And um, if you were able to come to the installation mass, it was absolutely astonishing. Was it? We had a procession that was two blocks around the church, people carrying candles, followed by the bishop with a relic, and it was absolutely wonderful. But um, Dennis was there. I had to to stay behind to monitor uh, the radio, so I wasn't able to be there. Thank you for making that sacrifice, because somebody (laughs) had to. Right. Uh, But I just want to remind everybody that uh, St. Anthony's is open uh, on Tuesdays and on Saturdays from 8 to 5, uh, for people to stop by and uh, 
say hello to St. Anthony and venerate the relic. But also uh, on Tuesdays uh, at 4.30 p.m., we begin with uh, uh, Eucharistic adoration and uh, prayer rosary. And that is then concluded at 5.30. We have a Mass and uh, after Mass, uh, we have pray the litany of St. Anthony and conclude with the blessing of the relic. So um, keep that in mind so that on Tuesdays you can stop by. And that starts at what time again? 4.30 for the uh, Eucharistic Adoration. And then at 5.30 we have Mass. And then following Mass, there is the litany of St. Anthony and uh, blessing with the relic. But uh, you're free to visit the Relic uh, any Tuesday or Saturday uh, between 8 and 5. And the where where exactly open. is it located? It's in the main church? It is in the main church on the left altar. Okay. And uh, all you have to do is walk in and find the statue of St. Anthony, and it is right beneath the statue of okay. St. Anthony. Okay, great. Great, good to know. One other thing I wanted to mention, uh, St. Mary's uh, Catholic Center here in College Station on November 13th at 8 p.m. has the Magnify event, and it's featuring guest speaker Sister Miriam James Heidland. And uh, it'll be held in the church, and it's a moving hour of prayer, praise, and a message before the Blessed Sacrament. And um, if you've been on their website, check it out. Uh, she's uh, They've got a video clip of Sister Miriam, and she is a very dynamic speaker. There was one other thing I did want to bring up, and that is we're in the middle of the Catholic Services Appeal for the Diocese of Austin. And um, those of you that did not go to St. Anthony's and listen to my homily, um, all of us are aware of the fact that we have a lack of priests in the Catholic Church. Well, we do have a blessing of very many um, vocations in the Austin Diocese also, but all these men need to be educated to be priests. And one of the ways that is paid for is through the Catholic Services Appeal. It's not the only thing Catholic Services Appeal pays for. They also help with Catholic schools, religious education, and um, initiatives for life, peace, and justice. But one of the things that uh, I brought out is the fact that all of us have a responsibility to take care of the church. And one of the most important things is making sure that we have an adequate number of priests that are adequately prepared. And so Catholic Services Appeal is one way that we can take responsibility for that. So if you threw that envelope in the trash, dig it back out. <laughs> and another way that we produce priests and religious vocations is through the family, through strong, prayerful Catholic families. And we think that we have something to help aid you in that as well, which is our second annual Red Sea Catholic Radio Family Retreat. That's coming up on January 5th and 6th of this coming year. It's going to be at St. Anthony's Catholic Church for the second year in a row. There'll be a potluck kind of social time on Friday night. Um, there's also going to be then a full program of speakers, uh, breakout sessions on Saturday from 8 to 5. We'll start with Mass on Saturday morning. 
Uh, Greg and Julie Alexander of the Alexander House from San Antonio are coming into town to give the keynote address, speak to men and women. They're going to be there through the whole day on Saturday with us. And we're also going to have breakout sessions led by local um, leaders and influencers in Bryan College Station. Our listeners in Waco, come on down. Listeners in Palestine, come on over. Anyone who wants to be strengthened in their family, strengthened in their faith in their family, please come and uh, do it. Um, and I want to make a special appeal to anyone who's listening who is in a, a broken situation, is in a, a heart-rending situation in their, in their family, extended family or personal family. Come. Perhaps I'm sure there's something there for you, either in the talks, adoration, mass, a time to be in communi- community with, with others and be strengthened through that, come. We want you there. Um, we, we're, we really believe in, in this uh, retreat. It's the second one. We'd like to have uh, a great turnout. Please come January 5th and 6th. It's, the cost is $40 per family, but no family or person is going to be turned away. And again, a reminder, Red Sea Radio stands for religious education for the domestic church. That's right. We are all about the family. And this is not a substitute for faith formation in the family, but this is a tool the families can use to build up their confidence in being those role models uh, for the family. And it's vitally important that we have those role models, that we have the people willing to maintain their faith life in their family. And uh, the family retreat is a wonderful way to interact with other families that yeah. find this important. And also, of course, gain some helpful hints right. in order to do this right. Yeah, and we want, uh, we want this to be the sort of the genesis of not only strengthening the nuclear family, but we want it to be a way of building little nodes, of little nodules of families, three or four families who who get to know each other and, and spend time together uh, and strengthen one another in faith through, through teaching, through prayer and sacramentals and through example. Uh, and that's what our ultimate, you know, that's one of our goals for, for do, putting this on. And one of the most Long effective term. ways to maintain the faith life of a large community is small faith communities that join together and encourage each other, strengthen each other, and build up the faith of those members of that small faith community. Right. So we're finding different ways of doing this. One of them is the family retreat. So we encourage everyone, if you have not been, come. And if you have been, you're probably going to come anyway because you had such a great time last time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We'll have more details to follow, and registration will be up soon on our website. But this is a save-the-date kind of announcement. Right. Uh, We've got just a few minutes left. What else you got, Deacon? Well, the last thing I had is on a sadder note. Uh, we once again had another mass shooting, this one very close to home, uh, right here in Texas. And rather than focusing on what are we going to do about it, because there really aren't any solutions at the moment to the greater issue, because the greater issue is actually removing God from our society. It is the fact that we have 
so many issues in our society right now that exacerbate the sense of hopelessness in people, the sense of desperation in people. And we have no good tools to manage this. So what I thought we might want to think about is praying as a large community for a change in the world around us, a effort to come together. We just had the uh, uh, family rosary crusade where all of us uh, got together and prayed. But I think it's a reminder that as Catholics, we believe prayer is effective. And so I wanted to close this morning's segment with the prayer of St. Francis, because it is a constant reminder that the only thing that we have any control over is ourselves. And so we're going to change ourselves first if we're going to change the world. So the prayer of St. Francis goes like this. Lord, Lord make, make me, me an, an instrument, instrument of your peace. peace. Where there, there is, is hatred, hatred, let, let me sow love. love. Where there, there is injury, pardon. Where, where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O oh, Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be, to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Amen. We will see you on the other side of the break with Joseph Hamity of the Montserrat Retreat Center. And as I mentioned, it will be pre-recorded, so we won't be able to take calls. We'll see you on the other side. And we are back on the Red Sea Roundup. And as I mentioned earlier, this show has been pre-recorded, so we're not going to be able to take any phone calls this morning. But I would like to introduce to you all Mr. Joseph Hamity, who is the director at the Montserrat Retreat Center. Good morning, Mr. Hamity. Good morning, Deacon Mike. Thank you so much for having me on today. And what exactly do you do at Montserrat? So, uh, as the executive director of the of Montserrat Jesuit Retreat House, uh, I oversee the uh, day-to-day uh, uh, operations here at the Retreat House. Also, uh, try to get the word out about the uh, the retreats that we have going on here at, uh, at Montserrat. Uh, we have uh, several silent Ignatian retreats throughout the year: men's retreats, women's retreats, couples retreats, uh, and we also uh, have a five and eight day retreat that we offer here at the retreat house. And how long have you been doing this? So I've been here at Montserrat for about two years now, and I'm very blessed to be here. Uh, in, the, in the past, it's 
typically been a Jesuit priest that has handled the uh, the day-to-day operations of the retreat house. But uh, as uh, most of the other retreat houses throughout the uh, country um, have discovered, um, well, priests are made to do pastoral ministry. And so uh, as a layperson and with a background in administration, uh, I'm blessed to... Uh, to help them out in this uh, in this ministry. And this is a constant reminder that we can always use more priests, but we're having, you know, other lay individuals filling in in areas that used to be uh, done by priests, but we have found a way to work around that, but it sure would be nice if we had more priests. Well, absolutely. And, you know, at the same time, too, you know, uh, our, our priests, they're their focus should be on pastoral ministry and not so much whether or not the uh, uh, the, the lights stay on or if we have don- enough donations coming in. They, uh, they should worry about taking care of their flock. And that's an excellent point. And that's one of the reasons we have places like Montserrat, retreat centers where people can come because it is a place they can get pastoral care in a totally unique setting, especially, you know, at Montserrat, which is a beautiful place. Absolutely. You know, we're very blessed. We're here in Lake Dallas, Texas. And so we are actually on uh, Louisville Lake. We have a very gorgeous property. And if if anybody's listening, they can uh, check us out on, on our website at montserratretreat.org. And we have several pictures and videos and uh, to get a glimpse into what the retreat house is. Um, and we and what it looks like. We're on about 30 acres here in Lake Dallas, and we're very blessed to have the, the facility we have. Which brings up a good point for our listeners. What exactly does one do when we when it comes to a retreat at Montserrat? Absolutely. You know, so part of, uh, part of the retreats here at Montserrat, the key factor in all our retreats is silence. And, you know, one of the good things about silence is that we don't get enough of it in our day-to-day lives. We are so inundated by uh, technology and uh, computers and everything else that we, we are so somewhat disconnected from our own interior life. And part of Ignatian spirituality and the, the uh, spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius is to foster that interior life to give us the inner freedom that, uh, that God desires for us and to to really have more of a sense of self. And so while, while someone comes on a retreat, uh, the idea is that they get to know God in a deeper, more uh, relational way than ever before. You know, one thing someone uh, told me once on my first silent retreat, you need three things to know yourself. Silence, solitude, and prayer. Because in the silence, you can hear the voice of God more clearly. In the solitude, well, you're not distracted by anything else. And in the prayer, you're inviting that conversation. You're inviting that relationship to happen with Jesus Christ to, to occur. And that's what one of the great things about uh, a silent retreat is that you can come out here on a retreat. Now, when we say silent r- retreat, not everything is in silence in the sense that uh, a person would attend a series of, of what we call prayer conferences or talks by one of the priests or retreat directors so that they then get material to reflect on, to meditate on, to pray on. And that, those series of prayer talks follow the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. 
So it goes through the, the first week, the principle and foundation. Who are we created to be? The second week of the exercises, the uh, incarnation of, of Jesus Christ, to follow his life and to have more of a relational experience with, with him. And the third week, the passion and death of Christ. And of course, the fourth week, the resurrection and ascension. So our, ex- our uh, retreats do follow the spiritual exercises. While, of course, the retreat directors, they always have their own kind of uh, somewhat theme to the, uh, to the retreat. So they incorporate a lot of their own experiences. And so this is one of the great things about a silent retreat is that you can never get enough of them. Uh, we have one gentleman who's about to make his 55th retreat within 56 years. And the only reason he missed a retreat was because he had a child being born. <laughs> and now his child comes with him, his son comes with him on retreat, and his grandson will be making a retreat for the first time this upcoming January with him. So we'll have three generations of uh of, of men here at the, uh, at the retreat house. So we're, we're very blessed with the opportunity to share this ministry uh, with others. And this is, uh, this is a great ministry. And I think that we're, uh, unfortunately, I think we're, we're somewhat of the best kept secret of North Texas. And we invite people from all over, um, from all walks of life, from all, uh, even all denominations. We have Baptist ministers who come on retreat uh, because they want the silence. You know, we have uh, ministers from non-denominational churches who come out here because they want the silence. They want that, uh, what we're lacking in society today, that interior relationship. And we're talking to Joseph Hamady from the Montserrat Jesuit Retreat Center up north of Dallas on Lake Louisville. And for our listeners, sometimes when you hear silence, ret- silent retreat, especially over you know a long weekend, it seems a little daunting. What kind of feedback have you gotten? Because I'm assuming that most of the people getting there for the first time have that same sense of trepidation. What is it going to look like being a silent retreat? What do you hear from people that are leaving as far as you know how they felt about this silent retreat? that they don't want to leave <laughs> the uh you know most of the people who who i have uh, come in contact with you know they silence can be a very scary thing and so they uh, convey their sense of fear and uh like you said trepidation that first first night when we meet them but then by the end of the retreat it's a desire there's a desire there for for them to uh, that they want to come back for more. Or some have asked us, "Hey, can we stay a couple extra nights?" Uh, because they want more. And this is uh, it's a great thing. It's a great opportunity for people to have take a step back and take a vacation with with God. You know, so many times we take vacations, but sometimes we have that somewhat of an empty feeling after we're done with the vacation of, oh gosh, I'm still tired. I'm still, I I still don't feel relaxed. Well, consider taking a vacation with God. Come on retreat. And that was one of the questions I was going to ask, you know, how would you describe the difference between going on a vacation and going on a retreat? Because there is a huge difference. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and, Sometimes, uh, you know, and from my experience, you know, I've, 
I'm married. I have a six-year-old and five-year-old, and sometimes vacations can be more busy than anything. (laughs) You you get into the hubbub of the vacation. You got to go see this. You got to go do this. Whereas when you come on retreat, you're on God's time. You're just you're here to pray, to relax. And there's built-in time throughout the day where there's no talks. There's just time for you to walk the grounds, to rest if you need to, to pray, of course. And also the opportunity to meet with one of the retreat directors, meet with one of the priests one-on-one for private spiritual direction. To have that opportunity to speak with someone on how can we make our prayer life better you know, for uh, part of Ignatian spirituality and part of the Jesuit mo- motto is uh, AMDG, Ad Majorum Dea Gloriam, for the greater glory of God. And so um, I, I would say that the, the difference between a vacation and a retreat is that you're vacationing with God. I really like that because it is all about placing yourself in his presence rather than being concerned with all the things that you normally do when you come to Montserrat. It's a totally different sense that, you know, you are there for the single purpose of allowing yourself to be in his presence. Right. And, you know, the, the, um, the biggest, you know, our mission here at Montserrat is to provide the transforming good news of the gospel to individuals in society. And the part of the reason we, you know, retreats are so great is that we are able to, you know, fill ourselves up when that well runs dry, as Father Thomas Green has, puts it, when that well runs dry, we really don't have much to give to others. And so a retreat is that opportunity to, to really fill ourselves up with, with that love and, and uh, grace that, that God wants us to, to have and to offer us. And so that we can then go out into our communities, uh, whether we're married or, or have kids, and to really serve our communities and serve our families and serve our friends in a deeper, more um, profound way. You've brought up the Ignatian spiritual exercises a couple of times. For our listeners who might not know what we're talking about, would you give us a brief glimpse of what Ignatian spirituality is all about? Right. Uh, yeah, not a problem. And, you know, to understand Ignatian spirituality, I think that, uh, you know, brief history on, on St. Ignatius of Loyola. He was a soldier uh, in the Spanish army, and back in 1521, he was uh, wounded in battle versus the French by cannonball fire. And this was a man who was very much into sin and debauchery and drunkenness and any, anything you can think of. And uh, as he was recovering from uh, the cannonball fire to his leg, he was at his uh, family's castle in Loyola, Spain. And as he wanted to read books about knights and winning the girl and all this other stuff, uh, the only two books that they had were The Lives of the Saints and The Life of Christ. Well, after much hesitation, he finally read those two books and said, why can't I be a knight for Christ? And so as a sign of his conversion, he laid his arms down in front of his uh, sword and shield in front of Our Lady of Montserrat at the Benedictine Abbey in Montserrat, Spain. Uh, and that's why we're named Montserrat. Um, and then he went on to write the, the spiritual exercises. And the spiritual exercises are based heavily 
uh, on the, the Gospels, on the life of Christ. And part of Ignatian spirituality, part of the exercises, is so that we can have, one, to find God in all things, to have a deeper sense of self, deeper reflection, deeper relationship with, with God, to be um, contemplatives in action, to have that deeper inner freedom, and to be able to um, meet people where they're at for the greater glory of God, to be able to share the gospel with others. And St. Ignatius started a society that he named the Society of Jesus? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So he, he actually wrote the spiritual exercises before he became a priest. So he was, actually, he was brought in front of the Spanish Inquisition uh, at the time, and they found absolutely no fault in his writings. But uh, they did encourage him to go on to continue his studies. And so he went, absolutely, he went to University of Paris in France. And that's, so it was the French who kind of started this whole thing. And he ended up over in, uh, in France to study to become a priest, became a priest. And then he went on to find the Society of Jesus, the, the Jesuits. And uh, are all the priests at Montserrat Jesuit priests? Yes, sir. Yeah, we have, uh, right now we have four Jesuit priests here at Montserrat, and this is their full-time ministry, is to uh, do uh, retreat work. So we do retreats for not only majority lay people here in the diocese, in in North Texas, and we serve Texas and Oklahoma as well, but we also uh, serve the, the priests and deacons, uh, for the diocese of uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, Tyler, and Oklahoma City. And you had mentioned that you had the opportunity, people have the opportunity when they come to Montserrat to sit down with one of these priests for brief spiritual direction. What are we talking about when we talk about sitting down for spiritual direction? So, you know, sometimes I think that uh, we get caught in a habit of a prayer where uh, it might be good to have some feedback, to have somebody say, hey, you might want to, you know, pray this way or that way, or you might want to listen more closely to how Jesus is talking to you in this situation. And so what does, what the prayer conference, what the private conferences allow, what that spiritual direction allow, is to have kind of a third party uh, help fine-tune that message and to, you know, somewhat like a radio dial is to help you hear more clearly the voice of God and to uh, give direction as far as prayer goes and and to uh, help coach along the way. I think, you know, all of us have a routine and, you know, we get into habits that, you know, we do our prayers at this time and do things this way and very seldom do we check to see, is this really the best way for me to do this? And uh, what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, spiritual direction can be helpful in guiding you to perhaps adapting that a little bit so it leads you in a better direction. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think that, uh, and I've, I've fallen into this habit at times is, okay, I, get, getting into a prayer routine and really, you know, the idea of, of Ignatian spirituality and even with uh, spiritual direction is to have, have someone... Uh, give you a little bit more clear, clear understanding of how can I pray? How can I uh, hear the voice of God more clearly? How can, am I just going through the motions in a day-to-day life? 
or am I truly relating and am I growing in my relationship with Jesus in a deeper way? And how does that carry on in my day-to-day life with others? Or am I just praying and it's really not having that much of an impact? Uh, so I think it's a, there's somewhat of a danger out there to just go through the motions and to just say the word without focusing and, uh, and growing deeper in that prayerful uh, encounter with, with Christ. And again, we're talking with Joseph Hamity of the Montserrat Jesuit Retreat Center up north of Dallas on Lake Louisville. And we're talking about what the retreat center is and what to expect when you get there. And the question that I uh, have is people probably can think of, you know, why a priest might want to go, why a deacon might want to go, why religious people might want to go, or even, you know, lay ministers active in their parish. But why would you recommend this for someone that just they're going to mass on a regular basis, you know, but they're not fully active in their church? Why would you recommend this for someone like that? So the question I, I think I would ask is uh, to, to somebody is, do you truly feel fulfilled in your spiritual journey? I don't think that, uh, and I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think anybody could actually answer answer, yes, I I feel completely and utterly fulfilled, or maybe in day-to-day life, uh, I completely feel fulfilled, because there's more. There's more out there, and that's what a a retreat can offer, is to give individuals more clarity and healing. There's a lot of individuals uh, who come out on retreat who have uh, suffered the loss of a loved one, or have uh, who are struggling with depression or addiction or um, just different uh, different areas that they're struggling in, and that's that's what a retreat can offer. It's that opportunity for healing, that opportunity for greater healing that Jesus Christ has to offer us. Uh, now, it isn't. It's not to take the place of uh, of professional. Uh, psychotherapy or therapy if if that's what someone needs but it does offer that that uh, true spiritual healing that Jesus wants us all to have that freedom that he wants us to have from um, any stresses that we have uh, going on in our lives and a lot of times people uh, that I come in contact with they make uh, a ton of excuses for why not to come on retreat you know I've, I'm busy I have uh, I can't afford it, or I got work, or, you know, whatever the excuse is. Well, you know what I always tell them? The excuses we make for not going on retreat are the reasons we need to go on retreat. I actually really like that, because it's so true. We often, you know, it's the things that are keeping us busy that are keeping us from focusing on God. And when we stop being busy... And take the time to focus on God. We get closer to him and we realize that some of the things keeping us busy, we need to adjust. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's what that's one of the things, too, that with spiritual direction um, at the retreat uh, houses that it can uh, it can have a uh, the opportunity for someone to meet with a spiritual director who can help us adjust in that way. 
to point out to us, hey, you might want to try this next time you interact with this person or that person or whatever it is. It's to have that uh, neutral third party to help listen in on the conversation that you're having with, with Jesus. One of the things you had mentioned earlier is when you go on to uh, on one of these retreats, there are talks that are given by one of the retreat directors, and then they allow you time to reflect on what you heard, on the notes you've taken. And when you're doing this, when you're taking the time, because a lot of times we've taken that moment of silence out of mass in a lot of places that you're supposed mm-hmm. to have after the homily that where people process this but is that sort of the purpose of the space between the talks to give that silence that we're so missing in our masses nowadays absolutely you know and even even at home it's important to to take a moment even if it's 15 minutes to to have that silence um and so for a lot of people when they come out on, on a retreat it's a reminder that we need to take a step back Put the phones down, get away from the computer, even if it's about 15 minutes, to take the time and make that time with, with, with Jesus. And one of, the, uh, one of the great things about Ignatian spirituality and a good prayer for, uh, for individuals is the prayer of examine. And the prayer of examine asks, five, asks an individual to do five things, and it only takes about 15 to 20 minutes to do. And the first is, Ask God for light. Ask, ask God to, um, to give you the opportunity to see the day as, uh, as God sees the day. Second is to give thanks for everything that the Lord has given you throughout the day. Third is to do a complete review of the day. Uh, how has the Lord worked? How have I? What, where can I do better? Where did I do well? You know, what areas did I do well in? And then the fourth is to um, actually, it, hey, what areas can I do better for tomorrow? And then the fifth is to look towards tomorrow and to ask uh, where I need God in the day to come. And I have uh, found that you know, if we fail to reflect on our days. There's very little chance of improvement the next day. Absolutely. And then we just repeat the cycle, right? Right. We just keep doing the same thing we did the day before. This is why I think the examine is such an important part of our spiritual life to remind us that, you know, we're constantly supposed to be improving because we're striving to be perfect. Not that we ever achieve that, but that doesn't keep us from constantly wanting to improve on a daily basis. And the examine helps us to do that. Absolutely. And, you know, this is where um, uh, an annual retreat would would also come in, is to be able to give an individual time to step back and reflect on the past year, reflect on the areas where we could do better, reflect on the areas where Jesus is working in our lives, and to ask him to continue to be with us, to continue to bless us. And you know, one of the things that we, uh, we do here on retreat and we have scheduled is we do a reconciliation service where uh, individuals will have the opportunity for confession. And then we also do a healing mass where individuals can receive anointing to uh, be healed from any, uh, any issues going on in their lives. 
One of the things that I wanted to uh, touch on before we run out of time is your facilities. When someone considers coming on the retreat, um, what are your facilities like? Are there private rooms? Are there double rooms? Do you provide meals? Oh, absolutely. So, um, you know, one of the the great things about Montserrat is we have a total of 66 rooms. Uh, we have 99 beds. So one of our halls actually has two beds per room because, uh, like, this upcoming weekend, we have a couples retreat. So we don't want couples not sharing a room together. Uh, so we have, uh, we have one hall of 33 rooms that actually have two beds per room. Uh, each of our rooms have full bathrooms. So it is it is uh, more conducive for a silent retreat because then you don't have to coordinate <laughs> bathroom schedules or shower schedules or anything like that. You just you know you have your own private private facility, and then of course all meals are covered, uh, and uh, the talks and everything else is is included with the uh, the suggested donation. And um, one of the things also is uh, you have a library. Yes. Which is really wonderful if you're going on a retreat and uh, you just need something to fill some of those moments of silence you have access to some excellent books yes we have a we have a library with uh, a ton of great spiritual reading uh, uh, Christian reading Catholic reading uh, Ignatian reading we also have the opportunity for people you know we have a we have a small bookstore that people can pur- purchase uh, books or religious items from, but we also have fantastic grounds that we have, uh, that our staff well maintains. And we actually have uh, the opportunity for someone to go out, walk the grounds to, you know, part of Ignatian spirituality is finding God in all things, to go out into nature, to um, look over the lake and watch the sunrise. and, And it's it's hard when you see these these beautiful images, these beautiful natural images in our, you know, in front of us, to not encounter God in the creation that He gives gives us to enjoy and to uh, marvel on. And this was one of the challenges for me when I first got there. Uh, I look at the place and I'm going, "This is absolutely gorgeous here," but. It wasn't until I'd been there for a while that I realized that the beauty is actually spiritual. It is a reminder that we are called to encounter God in the beauty of his creation. And uh, it is really, you get a sense of beauty when you're out there. Absolutely. You know, in the, uh, the, the driveway in uh, every day for me coming in to work, it never gets old. The half mile that it takes for me to get from the uh, front of the property to to the offices, it never gets old because just to thank God for the opportunity to be here, to work in this wonderful place, and to minister to the you know in in this capacity to those we serve, it uh, it never gets old. I truly feel blessed to be here. Joseph, why don't you tell us about what the next retreats coming up for men and women are and what the themes are and when they're going to be, and then uh, we can have our listeners decide, you know, what sounds interesting to them and what they're still able to sign up for. So uh, 
for 2017, we still have a, a few retreat opportunities available. Uh, we have a couples retreat coming up this weekend. That is a true couples retreat. It's uh, meant to be a couples enrichment retreat. And while uh, we do say our retreats are in silence, um, the two shall become one. And so we encourage couples to pray together and to uh, come together and, t- and speak with one another, but not to talk to other couples. So the spirit of silence is still there. We also have a men's Advent retreat uh, coming up, and that would be um, November 30th through December 3rd. And then we have what we call an open uh, men, women, and couples retreat. So it's a co-ed Advent retreat, and that is December 4th through the 6th. Um, And then, of course, as 2018 rolls around, we have uh, the first weekend of the month, we have a... Uh, a men's recovery retreat that are, that is for men who are in re- recovery from either uh, they're in either an AA program or an NA program or another addiction-based program, and that would be January 5th through the 7th. And then we also have a uh, a men's retreat on January 11th through the 14th of 2018. Do you have themes for the uh, men's retreats, for, like for the Advent retreat, or is it up to the individual um, retreat leader to set the tone? It is up, generally up to the uh, individual retreat director. Um, Father Tran, who is going to be do- directing the Advent retreat, of course it would be based on uh, Advent, but he typically um, does his themes based on uh, the title of Awakening to God. So just having that image of awakening ourselves to to God, um, and then of course the the recovery retreats are not only based on the exercises, but based on you know for individuals who are in uh, a recovery program. Do you have any women's retreats coming up? The next women's retreat, actually, we just had about two of them back to back. The next women's retreat uh, will be February first through the fourth, but then of course we have the open retreat which is coming up uh, for both men, women, and couples, uh, December 4th through the 6th. Have you done the open retreats before? We have. Typically, the open retreats are uh, two-day retreats. Uh, Normally, our retreats start on a Thursday and on a Sunday, but the open retreats are a two-day retreat uh, instead of a three-day. And those are for men, women, and couples all at the same time? All at the same time. Is there a theme for those, or is it, again, left up to the retreat director? It would be based on the retreat director, uh, and those, you can find out more information on our website based on what the retreat director is, uh, will be presenting. Um, But of course, with the open Advent retreat, it would be based on the Advent season and preparing ourselves for, uh, for Christmas. When uh, people come up to Montserrat, it's actually a lot easier to find. It's right off of I-35, but once you get on the property, you don't realize you're anywhere close to Dallas. It just takes you completely away from, you know, the hustle and bustle of life. And I was just thinking that, you know, the Advent retreat would be an excellent way to remind ourselves that Christmas isn't about hustle and bustle. No, uh, and it's and typically... Uh, and I find that the case to be all the time is that we're, we we started you know we're starting to get into Christmas now if you go into any of the stores yes and so it's it's important to take that step back and to have that greater uh, sense of oh wow no this is what the Christmas season's all about is is the birth of Christ is the birth of our 
our savior. <laughs> and so it's important to take that step back and not get caught up too much in the hustle and bustle. You had mentioned that someone has been going to Montserrat every year for the last 55 years. And I think, you know, talking about the retreat directors, each one brings something different. So even if you go to the same retreat every year, it's not the same retreat. That's right. That's right. Well, you know, we're, you know, I think it's safe to say that we as individuals are in a different place each year as time goes on. So um, what we might take out of a talk would be different than what we took out of, out of it a year before. So uh, we might hear something the first time and eh, it might not resonate, but the second time we hear it, it does. And generally, um, the retreat directors also, uh, they change their talks throughout, uh, throughout their time here. And so they, people might not hear the same thing uh, over and over again. It changes. As we get close to the end of our conversation, what would you want to tell our listeners who are debating, you know, is this retreat for thing for me? Should I go to one? Uh, what would you tell them? Take the leap because we all can use the, we can all benefit from the opportunity to grow deeper in our relationship with, with Jesus. We won't bite, so there's nothing to be afraid of. But take it to prayer and take the leap and join us on retreat. We'd love to have you. And just to back that up, uh, I have known several people that have, me included, uh, that have chosen to come up there and uh, go on one of the retreats. And uh, all of them that were hesitant to go have come back saying that that was one of the great experiences of their life. And they will certainly want to go back. And I think we do tend to be cautious about allowing ourselves to be vulnerable. And I think we sometimes need to do that, especially going on a retreat like that. Absolutely. You know, we need to put our, put our guard down occasionally and let God in and, and let him wow us in ways that we can never fathom. How would one get more information about the retreats when they're offered and how to sign up? MontserratRetreat.org. That's M-O-N-T-S-E-R-R-A-T Retreat.org. Or uh, we're on Facebook uh, and, uh, and Twitter. And so you can find out more information on our website or uh, on social media. Or give us a call here at the office, uh, 940-321-6020. And again, uh, Montserrat is one of the true beautiful places uh, to go here in the state of Texas, and especially to be able to spend uh, four days to uh, just put yourself in God's presence. I want to thank you very much for being on for uh, with us today uh my pleasure thank you for having me and i hope that uh, a lot of our listeners uh got something out of this and decide that you know maybe this retreat thing is for them and allow you know themselves the opportunity to grow closer to god well we're going to go ahead and wrap this up so uh a quick reminder, Gene Wilhelm will be your host next week. And uh, again, we are now on Wednesdays at 11 
a.m. And until then, when you're contemplating, sharing your time, talent, and treasure with the people of God, always round up. What are you waiting for?